Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Folks, Real Men of Genius, episode three, recording a little earlier today. It is, what what is today? It is October 13th. Uh, it's the week after the Roval. They've, uh, they did some racing over there. They did some testing over there. We're going to cover all that. We got some Reddit questions, uh, trying that out for the first time. So we'll answer some of those. But yeah, Roval weekend, uh, I spotted for Jeffrey Earnhardt. Pretty fun. Don't get to spot too often, but uh, at a road course, it's pretty easy because you don't have to spot the whole time. And when you get strung out, all you're doing is just sitting up there watching the race. So, what? Uh, how do you feel about the Roval this weekend? Uh, it was all right. I, the Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick thing was really the only thing that was super exciting about the whole deal. Other than that, it was just kind of boring road racing like it normally is. But you know. There were some spots where that were interesting. We had a, what you'd call it, a road ringer in the race for one of the teams. He did all right for being in his first stock car race. But that's about it. Uh, the only gripes I really have are when you get to Charlotte, right, everyone and their neighbor gets invited to the track. And it's quite possibly one of the worst tracks to deal with fans and people just standing. Everyone needs to have an urgency on where they're going, not just stand in the way of everyone that needs to get through. I mean, I feel like it's like that everywhere. It's just Charlotte. Since COVID's kind of just now gone away and uh, things like that, there's always more people there. Obviously, like everybody's brother, girlfriend, wife, kids come out. But something's kind of cool. kind of feels like short track racing again. Uh but, yeah, I, I enjoy having the fans back, really. I mean, all you got to do is just push cars through there and you get to yell at people sometimes, which is kind of fun, or hit them with a whistle, which I'm not very good at. But I hit a couple good ones this last weekend. Uh, and speaking on the, the road ringer, got into a little incident with MTJ, I'm hearing, which I'm not opposed to because he's kind of owed one at Charlotte by the 52 because he wrecked me when I was in the 52 at Charlotte in the 600 a couple years ago. So I say it's warranted. Well, luckily it didn't it didn't affect Martin's playoff chances. So yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't too too bad, but uh he went out roval testing and actually did pretty well. I want to say he was middle of the board after you know the whole announcement and stuff with Rick Ware and Ford and Stuart Haas. So that'll be an interesting thing to look at for 2022. Yeah, sure. definitely, definitely. Uh I saw a bunch of things talk about how the, some guys thought that 
the new car was going to bring all the teams together a little bit, maybe give the lower team guys a little bit of a chance, which I feel like right now is probably true. Uh, down the road, I think once these guys figure out this new car, it'll be kind of like the same thing as I remember when the 550 pick package came out and they did that test at Vegas and all the cars were racing like it was a super speedway. Like all the cars were pretty much the exact same speed. And then as time goes on, those guys figured out they have the engineering staff, they have the people to uh, get every last ounce out of those cars. So, but it'll be interesting to see. I saw a lot of good feedback on the cars. I saw some weird stuff with. Uh, slits in the rear window and NACA ducts in the windshield, which geez, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but hey, whatever, whatever floats their boat, I guess. I mean, it was nice to see about what was it about 20 cars, 20 mm-hmm. cars testing. So, I mean, it shows that they have at least 20 cars. Yeah, I mean, I really wish they'd bring testing back in general. I know that that might not be a popular theme. Among uh, the race teams, but I think it's really cool. I miss, like, talking to some of the older guys that were going to that test Monday and Tuesday. They said that that was, it felt like it was almost normal, like back to normal how they used to do it, how they'd, you know, go race and then get home and then go right back to the racetrack the next week and go testing. Uh, I think it's something that's really cool. I know it can get expensive, but, you know, all the simulation and seven post rigs and things like that can get pretty expensive, too. So, uh, yeah, I wish they'd bring it back. I wish I could go test it, like, Greenville Pickens or take an Xfinity car to Motor Mile and dial her in, you know? I, I, I think we'd probably rip around Motor Mile. I know. That's why I want to do it. I was watching some Cars Tour qualifying from there the other day. Uh, pretty neat. But, yeah, uh, Roval. It's it's come and gone. We're going to Texas next week, which I'm pretty pumped for. Home track. we got a hometown sponsor on the car in Fort Worth screen printing. Uh, so that should be a good one. Always love going back to Texas. Uh, infield. Infield atmosphere there is always uh, top tier. I can remember a couple times uh, being down there. Uh, going to the Redneck Taj Mahal is a little bit of a impromptu uh, strip joint down there. Uh, pretty cool. Have you ever uh, walked around the infield at TMS or really any of these racetracks out here? Not really. I mean, really the only one was Talladega just because that's a spectacle. Yeah, that's, that's the one to do. I have nothing but bad memories about Texas. Really? Uh, yeah, last year. Was filling in on a Hendrick pit crew. Oh yeah, we talked about this. And that was the race where started Sunday, finished Wednesday, finished Wednesday. So, I mean, it was. You should have gone and checked out the infield because it's pretty fun. I imagine those people are still there partying. There's that limo with the big uh, horns on the front end. It's always driving around. There's that big uh, Hummer H1 too. But going to Texas, it ruffles your feathers every time I say. I'm choosing in and out. Yeah, over that he was talking to me earlier, saying the first place he was going when he got to Texas was in and out, and I told him that's like going to Italy and then going to get Mexican food. Like, there's really no point in it because uh, Whataburger is better. It's probably the best fast food place. False. Out, out. You're an idiot. You're False. an idiot. I've had nothing but bad encounters. You only went there once. That's all it takes to to lose a customer. Yeah, well. You're like, I think you're being a little ridiculous. I mean, Dump and I went there. And dump. Dr. Dump. You bested Dr. Dump this weekend. You really got in his head. I got his ass. You got in his head good. And it, you weren't even really digging back at him. You just were acting like you were so mad that he started to feel bad. And he was coming up to me saying, man, I think I need to stop messing with Matt, dude. Like, I I think uh, I really think he's mad at me now. Like, I don't know what to do. But I, I, I didn't have the heart to tell him. 
that you were just messing with him, and I kind of wanted to just see him kind of squirm and try I to figure that one out for himself. I mean, I would say I have a pretty good poker face in uh, in that sense. I so think it's the opposite of a poker face because you were just acting extremely angry, like you were, like it was really getting to you. I mean, that's a poker face. Well, I feel like a poker face is when you don't show any emotion or happiness or anything like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But it got so bad that he didn't even he didn't even introduce his girlfriend to me, and I was like, oh, God, it's, it's getting bad. He actually sent me a couple heartfelt texts today that I've sh- I showed you. Yeah. So he's going to watch this. And I kind of just chuckled because I was so far in his head. Might as well get an apartment up in there because I got free real estate. Get you a mailbox because you're moving in. Hell yeah. But yeah, I don't really. So you never only Talladega's only infield you've been to. Um, I've been to Charlotte. Yeah, but I guess. Kind of. I don't know, dude. The infield fan experience is so much fun. I've I mean, it. usually as a for me personally as a picker guy, I'm already tired because I did. Yeah, I that's did true. my I did my three stops for the day. That's true. And I want to get like, some food. But I feel like, I don't know, that that's one thing I wish I could do more of. Like, I wish I could just kind of go and experience it as a fan as opposed to driving sometimes because it, it is so much fun to go down there. Everywhere we go, I've been into one in Michigan. I went and uh, did some passing out of merchandise one time down there. All those people having a good time. Michigan, surprisingly big infield, like, yeah. like really Huge nice. Huge infield presence. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many tracks up there, like Pocono. Pocono goes crazy in the infield. I mean, it's a two-and-a-half-mile track, and it's full. Uh, I mean, obviously, Daytona, Talladega, those are always huge ones. Uh, Texas, I feel like, is really, really good as well. Uh, there's some of them that are a little bit less. Like, I feel like Auto Club, I don't, do they even have campers in the infield? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, that's, which sucks. But that's not really a camping atmosphere. Yeah, that's true. There's really no camping at all there. Now that I think about it's it, it's all so. Amazon warehouses. Yeah, and then like Vegas is somewhat similar. Like, not too many campers There's out there. There's nothing on the inside. I mean, there might be some. There's a handful of campers, but, but it's not all a lot. way down in one and two. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like uh, a Vegas is a place you go to for the city, not the not the camping. But I, yeah, honestly, I feel like the camping out is pretty much more fun. Like, I went and I camped out at Coda with uh, some of my family and my friends out there. Had a grand old time. Sang some karaoke, a uh, little Rolling Stones, a little uh, bartender song by Rehab. And I'd say, I had to say I crushed it. Maybe I'll release those videos one day. I doubt it. I probably won't because they're pretty bad. But they're out there. They're out there. Uh, but I think, yeah. Uh, funny story. So my, my uncle, I, have a, I also have a, a cousin that works in the sport. So he's been in a little bit longer than I have. So my uncle would always go to the Michigan races every single year. And my grandpa would accompany him for one of those races. And he would leave home with two 30 racks of bush lattes. And he would come home empty-handed. Yeah. Not passing them out to anybody. Yeah. I mean, you, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You, like, hit a, hit a fifth wind in there. Like, you just start going and you just keep going. You're sitting in a lawn chair. Just... Just, one after the just living, L I V I N, like uh, that one guy says. The life is good T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just straight vibing. My favorite thing, though, is when I was actually still a fan, was going to all of the the knockoff tents across the street. Like oh when yeah, I was a fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Bristol ones, Bristol and Darlington were probably the best ones for that. 
because you just get to see the most obscure stuff and the sheet metal they have carried around in their van, truck, trailer for 10 years that's been weathered by every single event that it has gone to. Like, you came off the car, it was pretty pristine. Now it's, you can barely see half the (laughs) number. Uh, It's got weird stickers that weren't there, but that stuff is. Dude, I love watching people on the infield, like, when a car is wrecked, and they just, I mean, when teams wreck like that, they usually just cut all the stuff off with with a sawzall and just throw it over by a trash can and, you see some of the fans walking around the garage, and I've even had a couple of them come up and ask me, like, hey, like, you think they're going to take this home? Or, like, can I just have this? And I'm like, well, the trailer door is shut, so I'd, I'd say that's all yours, bud. And just watching them drag out, like, a whole nose piece with a yeah. fender. It's just dragging the ground, but they're so pumped to have it. It's awesome. So one of my first years pitting, I was still kind of in that DARF phase. Yeah. Um, I was pitting for the legendary – Truck Super Speedway racer, Chris Fontaine. Oh, yeah. So he's raced every single, he's raced Dodge. He's kind of he's kind of fell off the map in trucks, hasn't he? I mean, he only had one or two chassis, and when the, when the freak was completely gone, he just kind of. Oh, yeah, that truck that had been around for like Yeah, the Bobby ever? Hamilton truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so it started life as a Bobby Hamilton truck, and it morphed, and basically what, it was, it was built in like 2004, and it was last wrecked in like, 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, it had a pretty long life. But I was pitting for Chris Fontaine. And we, so it was like my first truck, like my first full truck race, not the one one off that I did with you unknowingly. Um, but we got up to like 10th or 12th and got absolutely destroyed. But the weird thing was it was all side and a little bit of nose impact. I got the full front nose minus the splitter area. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take this home. They're like, yeah, <laughs> go for it. We don't need it. <laughs> We're pretty much done. Yeah. So he threw it the back. At this point, it was like one of those airport shuttle vans that we, we drove around in. I brought that thing home thinking I was going to make a shelf out of it, do something cool with it. And just threw it in the backyard and never saw it again. It sat in my room in the corner collecting dust. I couldn't even sell it to anybody. I couldn't even Racing Warehouse would have bought it. Well, you know, I, I couldn't even give it to anybody. I literally just put it on the side of the road, and someone came and picked it up. So if you guys want sheet metal, just do something with it. Because once you get an old lady, you're like, this is useless. Yeah, you have this like, has no value. I think uh, if I had a if I had a lady friend around, I don't know if she'd like my whole wall that is filled with a whole uh, my entire side of my truck from Talladega and last year, whatever it was. Yeah, shout out! I was on that pick crew. You were on that one. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Remember the old. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to utilize the soundboard. Yeah, the whole go no go. Oh yeah, scenario. you yeah you were there for that, huh? Yeah, I was dropping bombs. You weren't even doing it. You were just the gas man wasn't even going over the wall. Correct. I no, I was behind the truck. I was pushing you. I was pushing you out of the pit box. Oh, dude, I got that thing fired back up and I took off hard. I remember Ray Sicarelli pulled in front of me and I 
I've always I always get freaked out like when I get pinned behind someone. But at this point, I was so angry I didn't care. I just cranked it as hard as I could to the right and was wide open, and I managed to get around him. Floated a valve or two. Well, it's kind of ramp limiter, so it's all right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Back to the sheet metal thing. I've uh, I've done a little dumpster diving myself when some of these big teams just cut the nose off a car, and there's some sweet ass brake ducts on that thing. I will. You will see me over there on my hands and knees trying to. <laughs> With a ten thirty or with an Allen wrench and a three eighths wrench, and just pulling off brake. Is this the Harmon days? Yes, I I think they're still in Harmon shop because they were kind of messed up, but they were aluminum, so you could hammer them out. But we just never used them. So they sat funny story about that. Well. At Coda this year, we were pitted right next to the four car, and I'm not gonna say what team it is, whatever. Blah blah. blah. I jokingly went to the crew chief. I'm like, oh look, they got a full on brake duct over there. They just threw it behind the wall. You want me to go get that? He kind of paused and looked at me. I can see the gears were turning. He's like, no, 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 you better leave it. But then every five seconds, he would look back to see if it was still there. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'll go get it if you want me to. I have no shame. This is when Pat Trison chewed my ass out because I took their, their rain X and it was full-on World War Three. You would have thought that. That's a big deal, Coda. Yeah. And it was raining. I... When I qualified there, we had to come in and rain next to windshield because I couldn't see anything. I picked up like four seconds my second time back out. And Pat Trison is not a small guy. No. He is also not a very happy guy. He's a happy guy. He can be. you got to catch him at a happy point. I mean, you're the PR guy, so he's always right. upset with you. Right. He, get you're, all, you're in the way. Yeah, pretty just much. get out, out of the way. His opinion. And no matter where I am, just get out of the way. Yeah. But I did, two weeks later, I got a full-on apology from Pat Trison. And I don't think many people get that stuff. No. So I, I consider myself pretty lucky in that, in that sense. Yeah, I mean, you got those those apologies from crew chiefs from any of them are pretty few and far between. Yeah. Because they are the crew chief. And I feel like some of the best crew chiefs are the ones that run the team with an iron fist. I mean, Chad Knauss, all those guys, like they're all like serious, like this is how it's going to be. We're not doing it any other way, and y'all are going to obey what I tell you to every step of the way. I mean, is that not right? No, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's – But I mean, at least the car chief is that way if the crew chief is not. Right, I think there has to be the balance. There's usually one guy that's like, hey, let's be a team. The other guy's like, no, we're not This is how do we're that. doing it. This is how we do it. Or you're gone. Right. So – but uh, getting back to Charlotte and, like, pit road just being super congested. Excuse me. One, I'm going to answer all this series of questions that you guys have for a pit crew guy. Right now, right here. What's the tape for? That's where I know where my lug nut is so I can put it correctly on the car. Are people How, asking you this stuff? Yeah, every single <laughs> week pre-COVID. So I'm going to answer all the questions right here. Right yeah, now. answer them all because we got like 150 people that will hear you. Correct. And my mom for sure. Yeah. So the tape has no meaning whatsoever on the car. It also looks cool, though. It looks cool. I do color coordinate my sides. Oh, you definitely – like, that is so crucial because I could not tell you – like, they're not – there hadn't been too many times, but every time it does happen, it's very annoying is when the right side you put on the left and vice versa. As a pit crew guy, that's your – as a carrier – that is your worst nightmare. I have lost sleep trying to figure out. Have you out. done it? No, I've never done okay, it. Okay, good. There have probably been a time or two where I've swapped right fronts and right rears. 
That's unwittingly. Okay. I mean, a little bit of spring rate, but. But I've never done lefts over rights. So, thank goodness, because I would probably have been fired a long time ago. But the tape, only to know where my fingers go inside the wheel to put it on the car. How do you put the wheel on the car? It's a lot of practice, a lot of reps. I'd say 500 reps, 1,000 reps, trying to get all the different patterns. What's your favorite pattern? Snake eyes. Snake eyes is my favorite pattern when there's two bolts at the top, line it up, pull it back, slam it on. Very oh, yeah. educational show today. Yep. Uh, what's another one? Uh, you, go nuts. Ra- you go Roush method or, or regular step-in method? I go regular step. All right. So there's so three the different ways. There's the Roush underhand step. That's way easier for me. It hurt. Like I like I cramp up if I try That's to do it any other way. Well, you're not a crew guy, but you have no sense of the the realm. Yeah, I guess so. So there's the there's the Roush underhand step. There's the normal what I call the Texas two step. Mm. And then there's mm. the swing. Mm. There's the swing. So I was a stepper. There's a lot of guys. If you look on the right side of the car, they will step, and if they come around to the left for a carrier, they will swing on the left front just because it's it's way faster. I feel. But what do we use to keep the tires, or the the lug nuts on the tires? We use uh, an adhesive that's pretty much like weather stripping glue, just because it's it's what's where I'm looking for elastic gorilla snot. Yeah, it's elastic to the sense of the lug nuts can stretch with the tire going on, and they can sit at the end Ooh. of All right. the stud. I'm going to cut you off right there, because what is the deal? I've noticed this in the shop lately. Some of these people that are gluing up lug nuts are, like, using a whole tube per nut, because, like, I get back to the shop sometimes, and I can't pull the wheel off, because there's so much lug nut glue that's gone through the holes. The tire is literally stuck to the hub. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Um, some of these guys don't know how to glue lug nuts. Just from the sense of you got to put it. Noobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting a lot of development guys. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so they probably haven't glued up a lot of lug nuts. That would be my thing. Uh, just, But if you if you go light on the glue, then they're, you're liable to pop off. Pop off. But uh, I was always one to keep. I always looked really weird on pit road because I either had uh, a lug nut stuck to the top of my helmet. Really? Or I've never seen that method before. Yeah, I used to have one. I used to like, look like a little unicorn. Like center punch, like right in the right middle. at the top, so I knew right where it is. I could just throw it on. Or when I know we've glued up twenty laps ago, I'll carry two in my mouth if I don't have an adjustment. So I'll carry two nuts in my <laughs> <You got> mouth. <laughs> if we if we if we don't have an adjustment, if we have an adjustment, like do you do it like a like a squirrel or like? No, it's literally see. just sitting right at the end. So I can just grab it, and <laughs> spin it on. That's so weird, dude. You have to pull, you have to pull that sound bite. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do that. We're uh, still learning about this soundboard and how you do that because I've seen other podcasts where they can just like literally record something that just was said. They yeah. also have a full time producer. That's true. We need to get one of those. So if you're if you're watching out there, we'll get McKenna to be the producer. She wants to come on. And she could be the producer. No. And then the last question, how long does it take you to set up the pit box? Well, it usually depends on the pit box. Depends on who you are. Depends Jimmy on Means pit boxes, I just roll it out there. It's two seconds. 
it's open. Uh, the spire pit box when I did it probably took twenty minutes to half an hour. Dude, some of these pit boxes nice now. Like I was looking at the Penske ones and the awnings. Like you don't even have to like put up all the stuff. You kind of just like it's like an umbrella almost. Like you just push it up and the awning opens up over it. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I couldn't imagine what it takes to build that house of a pit box that the fifty one car has. I think it takes those guys forty five minutes. That thing is massive. I've it's seen them on pit road multiple times. Try to put that thing up, and it's it's something. It's it's, it's a seats, spectacle. It's definitely a spectacle. It's very interesting. Yeah, like it's so this particular pit box, most of them line up uh, parallel with the wall. This one goes perpendicular, and then the what do you call the top part? Not the canopy, but I'd say the floor. Like the floor of, of the, the top. top. Like it like folds out like that, and then it's got this massive canopy that comes over top. And it could probably sit what like I mean y'all deal with it every week. I mean it's probably like twenty people up there, maybe not that many. Uh, I would say I'd a, say a solid sixteen. I would say a cool fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, that's pretty wild though. Like that's definitely way bigger. But for for that, you're looking for more entertainment than anything else to so entertain. Uh, yeah. So taking guests. taking off the pit crew hat and putting on the marketing hat, it just gives you a better opportunity to get more of your sponsors access to the pit box and the racetrack and everything for hospitality purposes. Right, 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 right. So that's what we utilize sometimes, most of the time, when we are at the racetrack. Cool. And uh, so this morning I was working on uh, just random pod stuff, and I realized that all the stuff I needed to do to get on Apple, I hadn't finished it yet. So I got that fixed, and it should be on there. Uh, my my boy Steve Gray, lead engineer, for uh, or lead engineer on the fifty one cup car, he tells me he listens to a lot of uh, podcasts, and I was trying to tell him about it to listen to ours, and he's like, "Well, if you don't got Apple, I don't think I can listen to it." So I had to make sure that it's going to be on Apple because I want Steve to listen to my podcast. And then he was telling me he was like, "You got to tell the umbrella story." I know because if he ever does hear it, I want to hear like hear that part. I mean, the man's got umbrellas pretty much is the, the gist of the story. All right, I'll just go into it. I'll just go into it. We were talking. It was raining at Talladega, and uh, he was telling me. I don't know if I could do his voice on here, but he was telling me. He was like, now, I keep all my rain stuff in the hauler, but, you know, there's those certain times when it's raining when you get to the track, so you got to walk through the rain from the van to the hauler. And I don't got my rain gear because it's in the hauler. So I keep That's an umbrella in my backpack. And then, you know, when we go to Charlotte, I drive my own truck, so I keep an umbrella in my truck. And, hell, my wife's got two of them in her car. And we are talking about umbrellas for a solid 10 minutes. I mean, that was the gist of the story, but we literally talked about umbrellas sitting in tech line because we're just backed up. For whatever reason, dude, the cup tech line gets backed up so bad, and I have no idea why. Like, an Xfinity tech line, you know, we're closer to the back, not, not super far back, but it never gets backed up like that. You're never you know, 10 cars in line for one station. Like, it's like three maximum, and you could be in line with 20 cars just waiting for one station to open up. I mean, would you say that the cup inspection is a little bit more rigorous than Xfinity? Yeah, I guess so. And, I mean, I guess with the steel bodies, too, there's a lot more templates they got to fit because they can manipulate that stuff, whereas with the Xfinity cars, all composite body, and you all buy the bodies from the same place. So you really can't. It's not like you're 
chopping, cutting, and rebuilding fiberglass body panels, which you probably could, but you'd very easily get caught, and I'm pretty sure it's a pretty big fine. So all you need to do is go through the optical scanning station, or the Hawkeye, oh, as I some might call it. I, I hate, I, honestly, I hate when people call it the Hawkeye because it just does not. It's, the Hawkeye, you know what a Hawkeye is? That's what they use at that's a... That's claw, wasn't it? No, that's what they use at, like, uh, some garage where you go get your car aligned. Like, you put it... It's The machine is called a Hawkeye, and you put it on there, and it measures your camber and toe and all that stuff. So, the OSS, which is kind of similar to the, the thing from Spy Kids. You ever see those movies? I was a little past my time. Past your time? I was too old. Well, I was too young to be watching them, I feel like. Or maybe not. I don't know. I know Jimmy Cortez and the other one also worked at OSS. That was like the spy station thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In other news, I got new tires for my truck this week. I was really working on buying some scuffs. What a smooth transition. Yeah, I know. I had to do something about it. Uh, I had this wrote down because I wanted to talk about it. Um, so Matt... It's just bitching at me because he's got to give me a ride at the tire store. He was really complaining about it. Well, this is already after I've had to drive you around from Talladega. Oh, my God. And wait for you. Can't you just be my friend, man? Just give me a ride places. That's all I'm asking for. What's next? I don't know. I don't really need to go anywhere today, so you're off the hook. But anyway. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, I've been in the market for new tires now for a while on my truck. The ones I had, I put a lift kit on my truck, so it kind of messed the camber up. It kind of brings back to the alignment thing. But anyway... They were kind of had some which way positive camber in it, so the outsides of these tires were bald, like almost showing cords. I've been pushing them for a while. I needed a set of new tires. I wanted a little bit taller tire. Uh, I was kind of striking out on what Discount had or any of those places around had. But I called up this one Discount tire, and they said they had some some used tires, which I was like, all right, I run on scuffs all the time, and uh, it was pretty big discount. Like it was probably a twelve hundred dollars set of tires that I was going to get for seven hundred bucks. And I had Matt coming to pick me up, and I made him wait for a solid 15 minutes outside because they are trying to test fit them. And they wanted me to stay and then go in the back and, like, look at more tires, but I eventually had to just tell them, look, man, just, just give me, like, an hour, and I'll be back. But I ended up not going with the scuff because they did not fit. They were way too big. It turns out a Colorado cannot handle a 35-inch uh, tire, no matter how big of a lift you put on it. Uh, I didn't know they were that big. They just t- kind of told me the code. I don't really understand those codes at all. But, yeah, we ended up with some hand cooks, and they, they roll like a dream. No noise. I rode in Jimmy's truck the other day back from the airport. <laughs> Those things are roaring down the road. Like, he, like he can have the radio all the way up, and you can still hear the tires. And he's got a knock because I'm pretty sure he's got a lifter broke. Yeah, that's that stuff's annoying. I hate loud tires. Yeah, I only had loud tires once when I was in high, high school, but you had to have them. And then you had the cherry the cherry pipe on the back, right? The, no, I, I've, I, I've honestly, I've had diesels my entire life, so I never really, I never was a glass pack kind of guy. I'm more of just a straight pipe. Got a roll coal, you know what I'm talking about? No. Dude, there was these kids in my high school that all parked in the back row. This was like, this was like the truck row. I never parked over there, let that be known. Cause it was, I was like a car show every single day. No, no, because these were like the kids that, uh, they were, I don't know, kind of shit. I guess, uh, but they all parked in the back row, and I went to Dripping Springs High School, and they had these windshield banners that said "Dirty Drip" on them, which I think is just not a good idea. It kind of seems like you're just labeling yourself as to having an STD. Uh, but they all parked on the back row, and I feel like they even they told me once, like, "Man, you could park back there if you want," and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna park over here." 
with the homies anyway. So <laughs> y'all can uh y'all can enjoy that over there. They used to have subs in their trucks, dude, and they would just be knocking and just sound terrible. Like you could tell that like one of them was blown out of the two. Right. It was pretty bad. My uh my first truck. Get ready for this. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. 1990 Chevy CK 1500. Sounds cool. Short bed. Mm-hmm. Six cylinder. Ah. Oh. <laughs> four speed. Ah. Oh. Four by four. Mm, nice. Mm. Nice. The thing topped did, out did, at 80 miles an did hour. Did you have some big old tars on it? Um, Not anything flashy. It was some ATs, it some all terrains. Gold with black racing stripes. That's actually sick, dude. It <laughs> Do was, you have a picture of this thing? I gotta find it. I don't have any on my social. Uh, I gotta find an analog picture of it. You gotta throw post a TVT with you standing next to that thing. I'm sure you got a sweet ass picture when you first got your license all it was, pumped up, dude. It had the old school. It didn't have like a a indicator, like a a line. Like a, on your speedometer? speedometer. Oh, there you go. Like Spit the fucking out. arrow. Yeah. It had the fill. It filled up. What? Yeah, it was awesome. That actually is cool. And that thing would get to about 83 miles an hour downhill. And then it really? would just start. Really? Was that slow? You want to talk about engine, you want to talk about space in the engine bay. I could clearly see both fenders with the engine sitting in the middle. Really? It was. You should have LS swapped that thing. Slow as fuck. You should have put an LS in that thing. Were you a car guy in high school? Were you just no. Just, yeah, I really, I really wasn't either. I never really got into street cars that much. I've been watching Donut Media a lot lately, uh, which is kind of cool. It's helped me learn about street cars. All I've ever worked on is race cars, and I have no idea about street cars. My little brother's all about it. He's got a pretty sweet GTO that he just got the engine rebuilt in. The new GTO though, which. Like the 2006? Yeah, but it's actually it's sick, dude. Like, it sounds badass. They put a new exhaust on it, put, like, new heads on it, new cam in it. It's, she's pretty mint. She's mint. tight? Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. But I could never have a car like that, honestly. If yeah. I had a car like that when I was he's, – he, yes, he's in college, but if I had a car like that in high school, I would not be sitting here today because I'd be dead. What's, be the, dead uh, what's the coolest car you've owned? Uh, Nissan Maxima? No, probably not. I don't know. My second truck I had was like a 11 Duramax 2500. I think it was a GMC, actually. But uh, on my, I think it was my 18th birthday, I got it like all tuned up, and I got like a straight pipe exhaust on it. And, and like I still had a little bit bigger tires on it, but I could melt those things down if I wanted to. Like if it was raining, I could be going 70 miles an hour and floor it, and I'd bust the truck sideways. And granted, that's the rain. But still, like, that thing would get up and go. And even, like, I always thought about putting the stock tires back on it just because I wanted to know how fast it would go. I remember I was on Mopac one time. It's a road in Austin. It's like a highway kind of out to my house. Uh, And I was like, man, I wonder how fast I can get this thing going. I got about 115 miles an hour, and this is in a 2500 big old truck with, like, big tires on it, so it was relatively dangerous. Like, if someone pulled out in front of me, I would have smoked them. But like at 115 miles an hour, it shifted again, and I was going like 125, and it was just still digging. And I was like, "Holy!" Shit. But it wasn't like a, like one of those little juice or edge tuners or whatever. I actually, there was a guy that we knew, 
uh, from the racetrack. He came and like plugged his laptop in, like changed all the fuel. Put mapping. the sweet tune in it. He he hacked the system. <laughs> I'm in. He was like, I'm in. How much horsepower do you want? And it was sweet, dude. Like had some I had some twelve inch subs in that thing. I'd pull up the high school windows down, thinking I was just so cool. I don't think I've ever had a cool car. I mean, really, that truck wasn't. I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't that cool. I sold it last year. The I've always had I, like off-brand cars. I've had Oldsmobiles. I had, I had a GMC. You had an Oldsmobile? I had two. Really? An Oldsmobile Intrigue. So these are all hand-me-down cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had an Oldsmobile Intrigue and an Oldsmobile Alero. Nice. I guess I've always had hand-me-down. Well, I mean, until I bought my Maxima to drive around up here, I bought it on Craigslist for pretty cheap. And then my truck that I have now, the, the Chevy Colorado, it's a diesel as well. Maybe I'll get it to roll coal one day. Probably not, because that'd be ridiculous. But anyway, uh, like my other two trucks were both my dad's, and then like he'd get a new one, and then I'd get the beat up one. Right. But I was okay with it. I think the most interesting car I've had was a 1990 Mercury Cougar. You had some sick cars. Like you're saying you didn't have cool cars, but honestly, you did have cool. O- I mean, Oldsmobile, it was a, it Mercury? was a V8. Like it had the. This is a little bit before your time, but it had the. Uh, the whenever you got in the car, the the the, the seatbelt was in the door, so you, it would roll back and come down, and then you had to put the lap belt on. What? Yeah. So the lap belt came from like the middle of the car. Well, it came no, it came from the outside of the car, but the the other part was. Oh, I, I've seen those before. Like, where they like do that? Yeah, digital dash in nineteen ninety. Nice. That's so that that is nineties. I mean, I felt like I was in kit, <laughs> but that's uh, I don't I didn't have that car very long. Then I moved on to a, a ninety three Ford Tempo. That V eight has some horsepower in it, and the Mercury. Nah, she's a little big block Mercury. The ponies, some of the ponies disappeared. Dissipated. Yeah, they got set free. Yeah, they got. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you ever have to buy any scuffs for that thing? No. Um, <laughs> no, that thing came on full stickers. Full, full stickers, four fresh feel goods. Yeah. Right, let's see if I got anything else here before we go to questions. Uh, oh yeah, we talked about Charlotte earlier, but like, I always hate. You hear this on the radio, like, oh, stop deep in the box. And I feel like when people hear stop deep in the box, they don't. They stop as short as they can. Because I've been blocked in many a time. I witnessed people get blocked in this weekend. And it just blows my mind. Because then all you're doing when you do that is just getting your crew chief chewed out. Like, I remember one time. And you're putting your crew guys in harm's way. Like, I saw a bunch of guys try to get skinny this week. On pit Charlotte, road. pit boxes are pretty small. Yeah, for relative size of the racetrack, it's mile pretty and a half, small. They're pretty small boxes. Talladega is like, you could fit two cars in that thing. I mean, even then, people were trying to stop long or stop short. I remember one time, I, w- I, told the, I told the pit crew guys I was stopping short, and we were, because there was a car in front of me. Yeah. You were on that crew, too, I was on that you? pit crew. And then they're trying to blame me because one of the – Changers ran into the side of the truck because I stopped short like I said I was going to stop short. 
and then they run into the side of the truck and they're like, what the hell? Like, you really screwed that up. I'm like, no, I To my knowledge, you never said you were stopping I short. I guarantee you I said I was stopping short. I will 100% guarantee it. I'm trying to think, who was the crew chief? Kevin Eagle? Was he the crew chief? I think it was Paul. No, 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 no. This was before Paul was at me. This was that was that was Eagle. Uh, that was my first ever race with Nice, actually. No, it wasn't him. It was the dude with the glasses. That's Eagle, Kevin Eagle. No, not the other one. The one who now works for um, Tony Tony Stewart Steel. Tony Stewart Steel. SRX. Armac? No, Armac was not. Armac's never crew chief for me. That was before Armac got there too. Then it must have been Wally. No, because I'm telling you, this was way, This was in 2019. None of those people worked for Nice until 2020. I don't remember who it was. It was Kevin, the Screaming Eagle Eagle. All right, I'll believe you. Yeah. Even though. He's like, all right, guys, we're stopping short. I love Eagle. I'm trying to think, what, what's he doing now? I think he's like hanging Xfinity bodies. He doesn't work for Nice anymore? Mm-mm, no, it's, I thought he worked for Nice forever. There's a few of those guys who think, like, when you go to certain shops, like, they are never leaving. I right. thought he was one of those guys. Is that when you were filling in for Natalie? No, this was this was the year before that. This oh. was my like I said, my very, very, very first race with Nice at Pocono. Nice. Remember in practice, dude? Holy shit, I need to tell this story. It's never been told. I like don't even like telling the story because it makes me feel stupid. But uh we're in practice on a mock qualifying run. I didn't ever sit in the truck like or like put all my belts on with a fire suit on before. We went to the racetrack. was just stupid on my part. Like, it's completely my fault. But anyway, we're on a qualifying run. The seatbelts have been rubbing the steering wheel for the entire practice. But I didn't want – it was my first race with these guys, and I didn't want to seem like an idiot, so I'm just not going to say anything. We're on a Q run. My seatbelts come off. Like, going in turn one at Pocono, I'm like, well, I'm not going to blow this set of tires because I'm an idiot, and I didn't go to the sh- – I, I went to the shop. I just never bolted everything up. I'm pretty bad about that sometimes. And – uh. So I'm at Pocono, one of the fastest racetracks you can go to with a truck, and I'm making a Q run with no seat belts on. It was so scary, dude. Like, like I remember going in turn three, thinking, "Holy shit! If I blow a tire, you're dead. It's, I'm dead. Like it's like it's like there's no if ands or buts about it. If I blow a tire and hit the wall right now, I'm gonna die. But luckily, we made it through. Qualifying actually went pretty good for us because we made that qualifying run. We were making some adjustments. We qualified 11th. So what did they say when you got back? I didn't say anything. I, I said when I got out of the truck after practice, I was like, hey, can we tighten these lap belts up a little bit? On my The the, <laughs> the steering wheel is rubbing them a little bit. But I didn't ever say anything. So I, like, I, I didn't want to look stupid. So well, I'll do it now. Yeah. There's always a time and a place for looking dumb. Yeah. Like your first practice session ever at Texas. Yeah. Was, yeah. You want to walk through that one? Yeah, we could do that too. Since we're going to Texas, we'll talk about that. Uh, that's one of the, the good YouTube clips that pulls up whenever you look up my name. It's probably the second thing you see. Yeah, I, know, I don't know why it's got so many views or, like, why it's so popular. I think the I really first don't one know. is Bailey Curry hits pit crew. Yeah. And then the second one is Bailey Curry. The internet is just terrible. They all, they all put the negative things about you out there. It's never like, oh, we had a really good run this weekend or this. It's like, oh, here's a crash. Nope. No one here's, cares. Yeah, I know. They all want the negative. But anyway, we're at Texas. My first time ever in an Xfinity car running for BJ McLeod. And uh, Xfinity cars, they uh, those guys, they tend to make things move around a little bit in the back. So you get a little more skew, a little bit more yaw, skew. as you like to call it. Yaw. Put some yaw on that thing. And uh, I remember I said my first practice ever, first time ever at Texas either. 
And this was right after they did the repave, and the outside line was very treacherous. Like, you could not do anything out there. So, me being an idiot, I go off in turn one. I lift the Austin Dillon's behind me in the three car, and I lift really hard to let him go by on the inside. And that kind of, like I said, the stuff moves around quite a bit. So, it, like, did the rear end like that, like, kind of shook it around, took, took me up the racetrack. And I remember them saying before practice, like, if you get in the gray, there is no grip. So, I am just easing back in the gas so like so slow and then all of a sudden i'm just sideways completely sideways and then i managed to spin out down the back straightaway like the entire distance because i i was sideways to the left caught it and then it kind of did one of those slow back to the left and then i was pointed at the outside wall so then i had to like jam the brake gas it again and i turned back the other way the worst part about the whole thing is bj was right behind me in his car and i'm like oh god like He's got to think I'm an idiot. This dude thinks right I'm now. a chump. Yeah, like he thinks I'm an idiot. Luckily, we were pretty good in practice, so he didn't think I was a complete chump, I guess you could say. But uh, he was like, yeah, that was stupid. You should not have been out there. He's pretty blunt about that. Yeah, BJ's a pretty straight up. Yeah, no, he'll tell you. He'll tell you, what, he'll tell you what's good. So. All right, so we're going to transition yeah, so now. Yeah, these Reddit questions. We're going to transition. Do you have any for you? Questions. You should have said something that. No, I only put. No one's. I'm just gonna put them no all on you. No I'm, one's here I'm, for this podcast. You're gonna ask me what's me. my favorite color from somebody like, well, Matt, what's your favorite color? Like no one, no one comes to this podcast for me. Well, maybe you should step up your game. I, start gonna, start throwing out some zingers and oh. then. <laughs> oh, you want to hear some? I don't know if this has been released yet. What is you on Reddit right now? No, like next, Reddit next gen car wise. No, I'll leave that. I don't want to get in trouble. Oh yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave that. We'll let y'all think on that one. Yeah. What is this? Is from user what? What is Delatraz doing? Okay, I don't know. What's your third favorite episode of your second favorite show? Third favorite episode of my second favorite show. All right. Well, I gotta think of what my favorite show is, and that's really hard to pinpoint because I've had so many over the years. Um. Hmm. Hmm. My favorite show right now is the Big Les show. So my second favorite show right now is probably Wu Tang and American Saga. And my third favorite episode is let's think. What's my favorite episode? My third favorite episode is when they get all the guys on the ferry because they all hate each other, and they like shot at each other in the past, but then they get together and make the Wu Tang Clan. And it all it, it starts from there. That's my third favorite episode of my second favorite show. Y'all check out that show, by the way. It's really good. For me, it's probably The Office. I know it's very cliche. That's your say. second favorite show. My second. What's number show. one? Hmm. Um, Yellowstone right now. Yellowstone. Uh, waiting for you know that's where the buckle, isn't that like that's the, where the buckle buddies isn't that are. like the TV version of Brokeback Mountain? Yes. All right. Cool. I watch it with my girlfriend. Oh. Totally enamored. You're very, you're very female girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to. <laughs> I mean, you watched the Brokeback Mountain show. What about it? Never mind. Next question. Um, what is the angriest you've ever been during a race in your career? Angriest I've ever been in a race in my career, probably. It's probably when, like when I was a kid because I couldn't really control my anger that well. Uh, Have you ever used your car as a weapon? No. 
Never done that. I've never like wrecked someone after the flight. I take that back. Yes, I have. I uh, race at Bandoleros. I was probably ten years old. I was racing with this kid, uh, Evan Bell. Evan Bell, if you're out there and you're listening, I'm gonna apologize right now because it was a pretty stupid thing to do. But uh, we were racing really hard. We kind of had this unspoken little bit of a rivalry going when we raced uh, Thursday Thunder down in Atlanta, and uh, we were racing really hard. And he moved me or pissed me off somehow. So we're like pulling into the pits, like you know how you you pull in the garage off pit road out there, and there's like people right there and shit. And I just straight turned this kid right there, like in front of the people. And I remember his dad like looking at me, like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I was just like, "Son, shouldn't erase me like that. It's his own fault." <laughs> this one uh, from Stefan five one four ask, "What if anything makes you laugh during a race?" Uh, I can tell you the last thing that made me laugh during a race was when we were racing in the rain at Coda in the trucks. Like, I was laughing really hard when we were going up the hill and I couldn't see anything because I was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world, what we're doing right now. None of us can see, and but we're all still going wide open. None of us, like, everybody's just going as hard as they can, but they can't see a thing. I can't see a thing. How are we going to make it through? And then sure enough, we do. And I was just laughing my ass off. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. I think the funniest thing for me that's ever happened... Listening to certain spotters? No. Um, I had an equipment malfunction halfway through a pit stop. Uh, my belt popped off. <laughs> and I wear my pants a little baggy. <laughs> no, so. don't tell me your pants fell down. <laughs> So I hang the right rear tire, and I wear everything a little bit tight, mm-hmm. so you know, so I can feel it. And I get to about the right front headlight. I, I don't remember if it was an ARCA car or truck or something. And, and I just feel like this sense of freedom. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Damn, why is it getting so cold? Belt has come off. I then realize my earbuds have fallen out. Oh yeah, because you're because I have my radio's my radio's on the belt, so I I'm like oh god my pants are falling down so I got to grab two tires and ship them back, and hold my <laughs> pants up, so I got super wide, on super my wide stance yeah trying to hold them up. just trying to hold them up, <laughs> hang the left front tire and I just like jump back over the wall and deal with it. Did anybody notice? No, really, no one like that, dude. <laughs> like. Swear to God, I think my butt was out <laughs> the whole time. That's amazing. That's imagine if they got that on TV. Like, oh, it looks like we got a tire character down here with his ass hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most the most embarrassed I've ever been at the track was uh, I had just gotten put on like this awesome pit crew, right? Mm-hmm. And we were doing. <laughs> Making that money. Yeah. Uh, we had just done a four-tire stop, and everyone's just looking at me and pointing, like, straight at me, pointing. And I look behind me. There's a tire slowly rolling across pit road at Daytona and into the grass. So I'm like, do I go, do, do I go get it? <laughs> and they're like, no, leave that thing there, you mother... So we had a tire penalty with Ross Classic. Chastain. 
Oh, damn. Was it on the truck? Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah, I bet Phil was hot. Uh, no, we had Cody. Oh, okay. Oh, so this was like... This was the very... That was the first race of the year last year. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Where like, Daytona doesn't really matter, but you still kind of feel like an idiot. No, yeah, definitely. All right, next question. I don't know if you want to get into this. If you want to ask me huh? into any plans for next year. Mm. No, I mean, always working on it. We're we're in the mix. We're working on things. Uh, hopefully, we can kind of just continue on the trajectory that I'm on. Racing Xfinity. I love the Xfinity series. I don't think if I could just honestly, it's kind of crazy to say. I've never driven one of these new cars, but if I could make a career racing Xfinity. I would, because it's the most fun thing to do. Now, this is a question from me. Nice. I don't know if you want to divulge into it. Can you tell me the level... How do I word this? Can you notice a, a substantial difference between the 74 to what you are currently racing? Uh, I mean, I don't know. The Xfinity car, you can really just drive it hard, and it'll work. I'll say the biggest thing is that setup wise, the JD car is normally a lot looser, which I I kind of like. I like being able to hang it out and uh, make it turn. I feel like I can make more moves that way, and that really is kind of track dependent as well. There's certain places, Darlington. If you get too loose, you're just terrible because of where the tires are so fast. Same thing like a Homestead, uh, and then I feel like the engine program might be a little bit better, and then just the, there's a lot more people working there too. Right. But, I mean, Mike's car was still, like, we had speed. Like, even when I was trying to do setup stuff on it, we were always pretty decent. This is an interesting one. Considering you're usually wheeling the hell out of an underfunded car truck, what would be the best way to spend an extra 7500 bucks a race? What? What so would be the best way to spend another? 7500 So, if you had a budget of the weekend, so if 7500 bucks. Uh, you put it into the engine. You put it into the suspension. Tires, pit crew, probably. Your I mean, seventy five hundred. It sounds like a lot, but it doesn't really get you that far. Uh, especially, I mean, you know, it, like JD, they own their engines. But if you were to lease an engine from ECR or something, that's going to cost you thirty thousand dollars. So per uh, race, per race, yeah, per race, that is the cost for that. So pretty expensive. Uh, I guess just make sure we have, you know, full sets of tires, like full allotment for sure. If we're like lacking, if we're like, if our oh set is a, a set of scuffs, make sure we have that, that a stickers line. And then uh, maybe, maybe like get like a, just a bitchin' pit crew. Like the guys we have on the 15 are really good, but obviously I mean, they're still so not me. You still, me. I mean, they're still like development guys. But like I said, they're still really, really good. But I mean, hell, if you could get. The 18 or the 9 cars pit crew, I think that'd definitely help out a little bit. Would you ever, where was that question? Would you drop down to ARCA if it meant getting in a race winning car? Uh, maybe. I don't know. ARCA's pretty far. I mean, maybe for a couple one-offs. I wouldn't, I don't think, if I had the, like, so if there was a weekend where I was either going to A, race an ARCA race or B, race an Xfinity race. And maybe win the ARCA race or maybe run 15th in the Xfinity race. I'd probably run the Xfinity race. I think that's 
better. I mean, but what about like I a could, place? If I could have gone, if like if I could go race an arcade car and still make the Xfinity race, hell yeah, I'd yeah, do like it. Kansas. Yeah, I would definitely do that. I mean, I'd I'd go race a mini stock at Caraway if the schedule was lined up and I had the opportunity. So, any ARCA owners that want to... Or mini stock owners. Out in Kansas that want a wheel man. Yeah, you can say that. Don't call this guy. Yeah, we will. Uh, what is your favorite race you've had thus far in NASCAR? I'm sorry? What'd you say? Favorite race you've had in NASCAR. This, this guy gives you a shout-out. He says, it's amazing you're on Reddit. Shout-out to me for setting that up yeah, for you. Yeah, he did that. You're a real one. And I'm a fan of your race craft. It's like fine wine. And then they put the wine emoji. Nice. That's Pierre Von Zeus. Probably one of your. So favorite race I've had over my entire career. Um, oh, that's a tough one too. I mean, I guess I'd go back to Kansas in the truck this year. It was really good. A lot of fun to be in a very competitive truck. And uh, I mean, almost we. I biffed the last restart really bad, uh, but we, we were up there and probably could have contended for the win if I didn't mess that up. Uh, Phoenix was really cool this year, written around seventh in Mike's car. In Mike's car. I mean, I really feel like we weren't that good to start, and we just slowly got better as we went, and uh, I was able to adapt. The PJ1 kind of – that's the cool thing about PJ1. At some places, I know some people like it, some people hate it, but uh, – you can kind of work the line, how you get into it, how you get out of it, uh, four tires, two tires in it, and uh, things like that. And I was able to kind of figure that out slowly, 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 and then manipulate the last restart to get up to seventh. That was really cool. That was a lot of fun, uh, especially getting up there to mix it up in that uh, last green-white checkered. So probably one of those two. Or my first one, honestly, as much of a shit show as it was. Just because the Michigan it, race? Huh? The Michigan race. No, uh Michigan truck race. Michigan, no, not that. I mean, that one was cool. Uh, but I, Michigan and trucks is tough, dude. It's so aero-dependent. It's very hard to pass. We were kind of just right place, right time. And able to get there. I mean, we had a fast truck. But uh, it's very, very hard to pass there. But, yeah, my first truck race ever at Martinsville, like I said, it was a shit show. But it was cool. I mean, just pulling out on a NASCAR National Series caliber racetrack for the first time uh, was definitely very cool. This is a question for me. What is Mike Harmon's go-to entree at Applebee's? I don't know. I don't know. But baby back ribs? Is that, isn't that that Applebee's commercial? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to imagine that's his favorite entree. Nice. And that's, that's pretty much going to wrap up all of oh, the... Oh, fun story about Applebee's with Mike. So the Applebee's in Indy where he threatened Michael Annette or he, he didn't threaten. Huh? Who's now retired? He's now retired, which is very interesting. Uh I've signed the wall on that Applebee's because they like they love Mike there. They think he is like the greatest thing in the world. What he said was that he sent that tweet and said, We're at the Applebee's, you can come see me here. Which is just an awesome tweet to think that that, that came from, you know, that's in the Xfinity series. Like that's gotta go in the NASCAR Twitter Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's just so authentic, too. Like, there was no, like, joking about that. Like, it was real. But, yeah, me, Mike, and Kyle have all signed the wall in there because we all went. Like, usually, whenever we go race there with Mike, we make a point to go that's to that Applebee's. That's point. Yeah, like, you have to go there. And, uh, yeah. So, if you're in the Applebee's, Applebee's relatively what? close to the racetrack. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Where, like, I can almost remember the street that it's on. Take a I picture think. of the wall with Bailey Curry's name on it, and we'll send you a prize pack. I don't know. Something. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of indie, do we talk about how in the trucks are going to IRP next year? Look, we might have glazed no, over I that. I think, I think we briefly touched on it. They're going to Portland and they're going to IRP. No, no, no. Xfinity's going to Portland, oh, not okay. trucks. Trucks are going to Sonoma. That's wild in itself. Which hopefully, I want to try to secure a ride in that deal because that will be fun. I never raced at Sonoma and I've always so wanted to. Breaking news? Not I mean, I'm, I'm saying breaking news. I hope I can. <laughs> you heard uh, it here first. But yeah, definitely that one in IRP because we'll be racing the road course, which sucks. I'd rather run the oval. I think I, IRP in the trucks is going to be the best show of the weekend. Oh, definitely. IRP in anything is a better show than a lot of races. Uh, not the Thunder Roadsters. Do they? I didn't even know they raced those there. So boring. We had we were doing ARCA racing right, and then they did the the warm up show, mm-hmm. and there was about six guys out there. All two seconds apart. It looks like they were just out there for a just going just out there for a track day. Like. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thunder Roadsters. If y'all never seen the guy wreck a Thunder Roadster at Charlotte Motor Speedway, because you know they used to race those on the big track. That's scary. They raced Thunder Roadsters. I mean, these were made to run a, on a quarter mile track, maybe three eighths mile. And I guess I mean hell at IRP, that's pretty dangerous. But they raced them. At Atlanta on the big track and Charlotte on the big track. I don't know if they ever did Texas, but I know for sure Atlanta and Charlotte. Probably after the incident at Charlotte, they said. Where the dude flipped yeah. 11 times. It's pretty awesome. Well, he got out. He was jacked up about it. Yeah, he was, like, he was like Jimmy Johnson when he wrecked at Watkins Glen. He was pumped. I would have been pumped, too. I would have been pumped just to have that on film and show, I'll show my grandkids. Hey, you want to see the time your grandpa flipped the Thunder Roadster at Charlotte Motor Speedway like 12 times? Grandpa, you're so cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for that's, uh, that's such a great way to for, for real men of genius, I think. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.